Hello and welcome to Podcasting is Praxis. We are here again this week to do a little recap of the US shit um, debates, caucuses. Well, the debates were shit. Yep, debates were shit. But yeah, so we'll go on to that in a bit. Um, I'm David, again, and I'm here with Rob. Hello, good evening, or morning, wherever you are. James. Hello. And Jamie. All right. So I think the last time we spoke American stuff, um, it was it was just after Iowa, wasn't it? Uh, we recorded just before Iowa, but we released it just after in our usual timely manner. Hmm. Yeah. Standard. No, but then we did we did some new some US stuff on the episode after that, didn't we? Yeah. 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 We, we touched on it a little bit. Yeah, just a little touch. So Iowa, um, obviously, Bernie, Bernie won it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then where did, where did we have after that? Uh, after Iowa, it was New Hampshire, and um, New Hampshire. I can't can't remember what the result of that one was. Could uh, could anyone anyone fill me in? Well, first to second place was the most important one. <laughs> yes, yeah, you know Pete. you're right, you're right. Second place. So who was it? Who was it? Who won second place in in New Hampshire? The winner of second place was Pete. Oh, no, fucking knew it, man. I mean, he's been going places he's after great. Uh, yeah. after after Iowa. He's just been on the rise. So, what was but, the what was the caucus after New Hampshire? I don't Did know. he do well Sorry, in that? I've, I've got to talk about Amy Klobuchar for a moment because I thought she, you know she performed really powerfully, powerfully well, and you know, rising to third place in Iowa is really important. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. which which as we both know is second to second place. So really, she was second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah that's it's exactly that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> But, yep. um, and then we had, um, what was it? Was it was it Nevada? Uh, yeah, I think I think it was Nevada. How did I mean? Right. Um, how did Pete do in Nevada? I'm assuming he's just been an unstoppable rocket that just you know he's shooting to he's shooting the moon. Well, almost certainly. Pete, I think, is being cheated out of uh, his rightful place in uh, in Nevada because you know he should have been in second, but there were all kinds of irregularities coming out of the Biden campaign. No so think, fucking way! You're, yeah. you're saying the caucus results in Nevada have been rigged against Pete? They have been. I mean, it's a scandal. I think it's really terrible. Fucking hell! I like. Um, so what? What are the numbers then? Um, who came in? Who came in? Well, we say first, but it's not really first. Who came in first in Nevada? Oh, I can't remember. Um, it doesn't really matter who came in first. I think it's more It doesn't important. matter. It doesn't yeah. It's fine. It yeah. doesn't right. matter. doesn't okay. matter. Okay, fair. Who came in second? A Joe. Yeah. Joe, oh, Joe well, did really okay. well. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's awake. Rebound. And that's cool. Do you have, do you know what percentage Joe got? Uh, yeah. Uh, 20.2%. 20, that is fucking good. That's excellent. Okay. Um, it looks like it's going to be a competitive race between Joe and Pete. Um, who came in third then? Uh, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, well, she Pete was third. Oh, Pete, Pete wait, was third with fourteen point three percent. Oh, sorry, yeah. Oh, oh, right. So he's third with fourteen percent. Isn't yeah. It? Shit. So he has been he has been screwed out of votes because that's left in the, that's less than the fifteen percent viability threshold, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Um, fourth place, which as we know is the new third. Um, that was Elizabeth Warren, who got nine point seven percent. Um, unfortunately, because of the fixed way that this all works out, because we all know that it's not really going to go in any sort of properly democratic way that gets a candidate that's electable. No. Um, unfortunately, that was um, worth zero delegates. But, okay. But for me, I think the real winner of the night was uh, Goals. 
that I think are important and we should all endorse the goals of, of the outcome of Nevada. I think we should, yeah, we should definitely recognize the, the, the goals of the caucus in Nevada. But hang on, sorry, it's just something that's distracting me here. So you said 20% and then 14% mm -hmm. and like 12%. Mm -hmm. What were the other percentages further down? Uh, we had Steyer on 4.7. Uh-huh. Club Mentum on 4.2. Yeah, I mean, uh -huh. you know, not what you expected after that strong third place in uh, in New Hampshire. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, it's... It, it was There's all... a few other ones after that that are kind of like, you know, within the realms of what you would probably term as um, statistical margin of error at 0.1%. Oh, okay, and sorry, 0%. I just, I'm, I'm very confused because it seems like there's a really large percentage missing there. Uh, I track it to about 468 468 Jesus. Mm, yeah, so, uh, yeah. so what, did was that just spoiled ballots? Um, I mean, they had to do something to screw Pete out of his rightful place in first. Uh, apparently it was, um, hang on, let me see. Uh, yeah, it was the hard left. The hard left? The All hard right. left. I see. And, uh, you know, who, who, who's their <laughs> proxy for this? Who is the fucking, you know, um, international uh, cosmopolitan Bolshevik who is taking those percentages? Um, stealing Indeed, them. who are the hard left? Yeah. yeah. I mean, all we know is that they're, they're supported to the hilt by Russia. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bernie, unfortunately. So you're saying, if I'm doing the math right, Bernie Sanders blew the fucking doors off and took home over 20% of a lead over the next candidate. And when you put it all together, he had more of a percentage of the next three candidates combined. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, yeah. That, yeah, he yeah. smashed it, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it's really unfortunate because it doesn't allow you know, moderate voices that give us a much better chance against Trump to, to smash their way to, to victory. You know, not with, we, I, don't, I don't think we can win with a divisive candidate like this. Yeah, well, I've heard a lot about these Bernie bros. Like, um, you know, apparently it's just a bunch of like white guys online being really obnoxious to people. And, um, you know, you can't really build a winning coalition that way, can you? No, they're, they're very unpleasant against uh, really all, all minorities and women in particular. And, you know, I think there's a very high chance that, that those people, the people, you know, who who are in Bernie's camp, I think they're going to vote for Trump anyway at the end. I mean, it, it makes it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, just one thing, though. I don't like this is this is bothering me, too. So just how is he managing to steal all these caucuses and primaries if he doesn't have a viable base of support? Um, I think it's the viable base of support. It's shit. That, no, that would explain it's, it, wouldn't it's, it? It's just bribery. You know, he's just saying to people, you can have health care and you can have child care and, you know, you deserve a higher wage. And I think, you know, when you hold it up against the cold reality of the day, you don't really, you know, that, that's not going to happen. That, that stuff's just not going to fly. You know, what I think we need is, is especially post-Trump, is I think... America needs to come together um, and, and meet in the middle for, for, for solutions that Republicans and Democrats can support. And I just don't think that universal health care is one of those. Do you know, like, we're saying all of this, but you said we need solutions that both Democrats and Republicans can support. But we do actually have a Democratic Republican in the fucking race in the form of Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> Oh, I thought that was a Warren dig. <laughs> well, actually, you know, there's a thing. Could be any of them, couldn't it? Like, there is Bernie, and then there's everyone else. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, big fucking Mikey Bloomberg. Memes for Mike. Memes for Mike. At $200 a pop. Yep, the lost candidate. Um, (laughs) I think, you know, you're being very negative about Michael Bloomberg, but he has shown that, you know, by bringing everybody together in in New York and by, I think, showing support for for George W. Bush. I know where you're going with this. You know. I know where you're going with this. If everybody just gets behind Bloomberg, everyone can move past Trump and heal. Yes, exactly. Because he's yeah. got, I think, a very powerful strategy based on money. Um, and as we all know, <laughs> the people with more money are, are better people than us. And, and Michael Bloomberg is one of the finest people in the world. Do you know, I really want to keep the kayfabe going, but I can't. I just can't. I can't fucking do it. It's Michael Stoffen Frisk fucking Bloomberg. I can't do it. I can't. I can't bring myself to say the words. Uh, fucking hell. I was trying to see if I could deadpan the whole episode, but I just, no, it's too, it, no. it's too painful for me. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> Well, before we get into Michael Bloomberg, can I just say um, I am very pleased to see that it's now been rebranded the uh, Hermandos uh, de los Bernardo. Um, I am yeah. super pumped by the result in Nevada. And yeah, like I, it blows my mind that the candidate who's got objectively, by any measure, by any polling, the best coalition out of all of them, which is why he's kicking the shit in, He's being attacked on the grounds that he's not got a diverse coalition behind him? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's just completely based in some weird form of alternate reality. And I, I genuinely think it's also because the most of the talking heads on the news just don't... You know, they've they've tried... It's like with, with Trump, in a way. You know, they tried all the usual tricks to say... You know, first it was like, oh, he's he has some ideas, but he is not electable you know electable was always sort of the kiss of death word that the media would use and like none of it's working anymore it's amazing yeah well i mean it's the same it's the same as with corbyn it's like he's just a a decent bloke with some sound policies where you know like let's all be nice to each other and you can't really attack that on any in any sort of from any angle grounded in reality because then you just look like a twat you know what I mean? You're not going to come out and go, well, actually, like, Bernie Sanders is terrible because it's every American's God-given right to, like, die in a hospital car park and then have the next of kin be charged 40 grand for the privilege. <laughs> well, that's 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 the fine taste of freedom. Yeah. Looking like a twat is definitely not stopping any of them from fucking going for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's been quite a few good fucking cell phones. Um, on on like yeah. CNN, MSNBC. That's one of the worst ones for it, isn't it? Meltdown, um, meltdown, late I, February. <laughs> People just absolutely fucking losing their shit at the fact that things are happening. They don't like yeah. it. You know, I'm, uh, to be fair, I was also very relieved with Nevada that it was actually the blowout that finally, you know, we got the blowout we wanted and that that we we deserve. Um, that that the Bernie campaign deserves not not this one percent two percent but just like f- near forty seven to twenty plus you know it was an absolute smackdown it was just amazing it was pretty fucking good I'm not gonna lie especially after so there was a bunch of bullshit in the run up where the uh, the culinary workers union um, didn't like they were going to basically do a bunch of attacks on Bernie kind of got caught red-handed then they backed down and the compromise position was the endorsed goals which is what you were alluding to at the start 
And, um, you know, everyone kind of read this as, oh, the leadership of the union doesn't like Bernie. And then something ridiculous, like 95% of all the union workers for the Culinary Workers Union came out and voted for him, yeah. which pushed him <laughs> really far over the top. Yeah. And I mean, I do think that there is a... I was listening to uh, to Chapa Trapas earlier, um, and I, I, you know, I do find it difficult that one of the reasons the, the, the Culinary Workers Union said they, they were maybe not in favour of Sanders is because they fought so hard to get their own um, health plan. And it's pretty, like, it's not great by any standard, but by American standards, it's all right. And I do, yeah, I do get why they would be nervous about maybe not giving that up, but like putting that in jeopardy. Oh, it's fucking crazy. It's just, it's, it's absolutely nuts to consider that you've got this guy, he's fighting to give America an NHS by another name. And uh, the response from this across the spectrum is just everyone losing their shit. Whether it's uh, the Culinary Workers Union being like, oh, I don't know, we don't want to step too far out in case they come for the table scraps that we've managed to forage from the floor. Or whether it's Chris Matthews fantasizing about being guillotined in the middle of Central Park. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, it's a good fantasy. I, I <laughs> fantasize about that quite frequently. Chris Matthews is the... Um... Like Bernie rolling into Paris in 1940 guy, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's the one who said, um, like in total meltdown terms, he said that uh, Bernie's victory was pretty much like the Germans overwhelming the French army, uh, you know, at the, the, the commencement of World War II. Because that's a totally appropriate fucking analogy to give when the candidate lost family in the Holocaust. Yeah. yeah it's all above board, isn't it? Just. But he did, I mean, he did put out a, a, an absolutely great, like, massively begrudging um, apology later that he's, like, read through clenched teeth because I think somebody higher up had told him, if you don't apologize, you know, uh, we are going to take you out to, to lunch and just fire you or something. It was amazing. We should treat him like old yellow and just take him behind a woodshed, to be perfectly fucking honest at this point. Well, I mean, he's like, I mean, no, 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 because what I think is what we can do is is put him in like the same sort of Truman Show dementia home with Joe Biden, where like Joe Biden, we just pretend to Joe Biden that he's the president and we just do that as a, as a, as a reality show. And then we put Chris Matthews in there because he still thinks he's an interviewer. I think that would be amazing. Okay, I don't know. Like, I think I, you're stretching the definition of amazing there. Yes, yeah, I, I <laughs> tell me you am, wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch it. The only thing I want to see is I do kind of want to see a Biden Trump debate, just because I think it would be it would be a transformative experience, to be honest. Yes, and would define the epoch of our age. Uh, that I would like to see, but I'm not willing to pay the price to get to see it. I mean, by transformative experience, you mean it would open the seventh seal. Basically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, the, the horsemen of, of plague is already among us, so we can look forward to the rest. It is kind of weird to consider that a significant amount of the political leadership of the, uh, and I use this in big fucking stonking um, apo you know, apostrophes around this, um, speech marks even, uh, the Western world, that such a huge percentage of the leadership of that are directly in the odia oh this might actually fuck you up pretty badly category for coronavirus. <laughs> like, uh, th think of just like the presidential nominee field in the United States, and they are all within the area where it's like coronavirus might quite possibly just kill them. Like, <laughs> it's pretty nuts. How do we get to, how do you get to a point where your society is almost predominantly run by the very elderly. 
And even our guy, even our guy, even Bernie, I say our guy, but I mean, okay, he's my guy. Like, he's, like, pretty fucking old as well. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, what is he again? He's 78 or something, right? Yeah. Like, that is, that is a crazy, that is, like, normal people are retired at that point. Um, yeah, yeah. And we're, we're having to look to a 78-year-old guy to be, like, the embodiment of this kind of nation American leftist movement whose time has come again. But he is—he like, uh, is, is just an insane energizer bunny. Because I mean, my 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 fiance's dad is uh, just turned eighty-one, so he's only three years older than uh, Bernie. And like the thought of him, you know, doing the kind of schedule and travel and you know endless performances where he can't drop the ball, he can't say anything weird, you know, it's extraordinary. You know, he, that guy must have an ex- amazing constitution. No, it's, he's obviously got a Seamus Milne analogue. Because remember, Jeremy Corbyn was too unfit to be doing all of this without being That's like true. literally pulled about and operated on strings by Seamus Milne. Oh, well, if you listen to the media, his name is David Sorota and he's Bernie's speechwriter. <laughs> <laughs> and also, has the been... Bernie bro. He's the head Bernie bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I just like watching, like, we, t- we talk about the meltdown on screen at Bernie winning shit, but the meltdown on Twitter from like just these media figures who clearly have never had the slightest bit of criticism in their life, getting David Sorota doing things like posting the congressional video record at them <laughs> and being like, no, Biden didn't say that. In fact, he said the opposite. Here's the receipts. And they're treating this like it's actual like invective attacks. It's nuts, <laughs> man. It's totally crazy. I'm sure there's a drill tweet for that somewhere. There's a drill tweet for everything. <laughs> I'm sure it must be the sowing and reaping tweet, surely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, will we talk some Bloomberg? Yeah, go on. Go on. It's yeah. a short topic, it won't take long. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Oh. Michael Bloomberg uh, didn't do that great on the first debate. It was marvellous. paid his way into. <laughs> it was amazing. I have never seen someone pay so much money for the privilege of being a pinata. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's nuts. I mean, like, give Theresa May some props. She was at least being paid to satisfy the humiliation fetish. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is this guy on? Like, it's just crazy. Elizabeth Warren just ended that man's career almost, or at least in a just society, she absolutely would have. And the thing, like, so he's up there on stage and she turns around and says, you've got like some ridiculous figure, like 60 odd women have signed NDAs with you over sexual harassment claims. Will you release them from their NDAs on stage? And basically like, how do you fucking explain this and still look like a good guy? And like, here's the thing, that question was utterly predictable. Yeah. Utterly predictable. I mean, he's, yet, he's been buying uh, political consultants and advisors literally by the truckload. I mean, so much so that if he, like, if local he, racists can't hire people because they're all hired by Bloomberg. It's like none yeah. of them told you that this was coming. But that's the thing. If he just if he'd like come to us for and said, "Look, I'll give you a grand each just to tell me all the ways in which I suck and that I'm going to be attacked." One of the first things we would say is you're a really sexist arsehole and there's like a bunch <laughs> of receipts to prove it. Like, this is not difficult. And yet he had no preparation, very obviously no preparation to defend against that. All he could say was, uh, oh, well, you know, it's just some of them didn't like my jokes. And it's like, seriously, that's what you've got? That's what happens. That's what happens when you're a billionaire, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, just the, the natural order of things is that billionaires end up surrounded by yes men. 
So you go through life with everyone just agreeing with everything you say and telling you like you're fucking great and like, you know what I mean? Kissing your ass constantly. Of course you think like, well, yeah, obviously I've got the, I've got what, what it takes to stand up in front of all these people and tell them why I should be president. It can, it can only go well. Remember how when I told those jokes at dinner parties, everyone was roaring with laughter? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's the same. Yeah. It's the same thing with Donald Trump. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got to just picture in your mind how many spineless fucking idiots he has to be surrounded with that he gets up and he comes out to public events looking the way he does. Do you know what I mean? Like, you'd think someone somewhere along the line would say, yeah, oh, hold up a minute, mate. Like, you, you do look like a complete fucking weapon. And no, and he, but like, and, he but it never happens, so does it? unhappy on stage as well. He really looked like, why am I wasting my time with you simpletons, you know? Just get, get me back to my CEO corner office so I can, I don't know, harass more women or something. Like, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it'd be a rude awakening for him, wouldn't it? Because just comes I mean, out from his cocoon of, of praise and into the real world, and the real world just <laughs> fucks him up. Oh, it's like, did you hear? Well, I've got to say, so... Apparently, though, like, right at the end of the, the debate, as they were walking off stage, like, Joe Biden, uh, like, patted him on the, sh- on the shoulder and said, welcome to the party. <laughs> that, that's literally what I was about to say. Like, you know, I do not like Joe Biden, but props to Joe Biden. That was a fucking good move to lay on the guy. <laughs> Just like, uh, how how much worse can you drive at home? Because you can tell, like, they're so pissed off at him for doing this. Like, I, I realise the party apparatus might like the idea of having someone like Bloomberg in to continue the division of, like, delegates before it gets to the convention. But you can tell Warren and Biden and Buttigieg and all the rest of them fucking hate the fact that Bloomberg is in the race. Well, too like right. I, mean, like, I don't like any of those guys, but at least, you know, they fucking sweat blood and tears for two years and gripped and grinned every fucking hand in every farmhouse in Iowa to get where they are. And this guy is literally buying it. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, fucking he, should crazy. Put, he should put the hard work in and go out and, like, poke every person he meets and tell them not to vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and for me, one of the most amazing things is like, you know, it's it's not as if these things weren't known because when he was um, when he was still CEO of his own company, uh, he did for, I think for his birthday or something. Oh, yeah. For his 48th birthday, they published a book which is called The Wit and Wisdom of Michael Bloomberg. And it could... <laughs> No, that seriously. sounds like a fucking page turner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it, but it's 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 like a hundred and twenty odd uh, quotes that are that, that that are his or attributed to him, uh, but you know that that are reasonably can be presupposed to be things that he said. So this is a book that is printed and distributed in thousands of copies. So like you must know that your you know your opponents have a copy of this this thing, and I'll I'll just read your you know, a few lines of it. Um, oh, please do. Oh, please, I am ready for this. Let's go. This is Mikey B talking about uh, women. Um, okay. I, I, I'm just going to say right now, <laughs> if, if the next words out of your mouth aren't Drill's tweet about kissing his ferret on the mouth, I'm going to lose all respect for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then I have lost your respect. I'm so sorry. Um, no, this is Michael Bloomberg. I know for a fact that any self-respecting woman who walks past a construction site and doesn't get a whistle will turn around and walk past again and again until she does get one. Okay, well, you see, I was on the fence about Mike Bloomberg, but now I think he's, he's a stand-up guy. Yeah, he's really... I mean, we have such... That's like manna from heaven. The, the pearls of wisdom are raining down. Give us another one. 
Um, if by stand up you mean something along the lines of fucking Jim Davidson, you might be right. Yeah. Uh, on being asked to name a sport that doesn't use balls, his answer was lesbian sex. Christ almighty. So they play for points? Uh, like, you have to unpack that a little bit. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Yeah. But I've got to say, you were you were just saying there, David, about um, stand-up. It's just dawned on me. I want to I want to spin an image for you. Picture mm. the Joker movie, but Mike <laughs> Bloomberg, ending with him on the debate stage trying his comedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but who does he shoot? Himself, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> It would keep in theme with the rest of the movie if he did just fucking shoot himself here. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Bloomberg, when talking about his the fucking terminals that make him his fortune, um, or describing them, he says, uh, these terminals can do everything, including give you a blowjob. I guess that puts a lot of you girls out of business. Ooh. You know, why, why would you not... Why would the Democratic man, Democratic Party, which is at least supposed to be about women's rights and, and you know, some kind of sensitivity. Why would they not vote for this guy? It kind of, I suppose, any normal election cycle, i.e. any election cycle where we weren't in the final collapse of capitalism hurtling towards us at breakneck speed, like, he wouldn't, not only would he not have to do this, but if he tried it, he'd be sat down on his ass even more firmly. But I guess the fucking the wheels are off the car and the rule book is out the window sort of thing. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, like this is, um, I mean, is it really opposition research if you fucking put together a book of your sexual harassment and bind it and distribute it to your opponents in advance? Does that count as research? If it does, how much does it pay? Because I'm on the market. Well, I mean, I've been hearing he's uh, he's been paying very, very fucking good money yeah, for people to go out and tell people they're voting for Bernie. So yeah, it's, 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 it really is amazing. He's been he's been um, paying up to like twenty five hundred US dollar a month, uh, in, plus like an uh, an, an iPad, a, a MacBook, and like a new iPhone for like people to tell their friends, like for you to just essentially uh, on our chat room to say, hey, didn't you know? But Michael Bloomberg was great. Like this is this is what he's paying people for. It's just the most yeah, bizarre and, thing. Yeah, and the um, the amount of effort they're putting into it is is just impressive, really. As a as a, a true advocate of like you know shirking any any and all responsibilities, people are just <laughs> they're giving them like a template and saying like you know put that in your own words so it doesn't sound it sounds like you know your voice. People are just copy and pasting it and they're all getting banned for for spam. Yeah, it's some it's people pe- are some people are like sending the the. The copy and paste in the message, sending that text to their entire like friends list, and then following it up with, "No, nah, actually, that was I was paid to do that. Like, just disregard it." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's, uh, that's just my job. Here. And sometimes they literally say, "No, that's my job," but please it, vote, it's, vote Bernie. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's the people who are going door to door, knocking on doors, and people are going Bloomberg, no fucking way. And then they're breathing a large sigh of relief and going, "Oh God, I know, right? Listen, I'm just paid to be here. I'm voting for Bernie personally." And it's like just like. 
this has been coming up again and fucking again on not even not just from like Bernie people. It's been coming up from Warren people and all sorts of shit. Like someone was posting on Twitter earlier today saying, yeah, I got a phone call from someone canvassing for Bloomberg. Um, we ended up sitting for half an hour on the phone and having a chat about how disappointing it was that Klobuchar was no uh, longer really doing well and that Kamala was out of the race. <laughs> and we, I think we decided we're going to vote for Warren together. And it's just like, can you imagine the canvasser phones you up? And the pair of you have like a mutual support, solidarity kind of wine fest for 30 minutes on a billionaire's dime, <laughs> ending with you both finally deciding you're going to vote for Warren. That is just, I mean, crazy end times kind of shit going down right now in America. It's good practice. Oh, it is. Like fucking, you know, they should get that cheddar, as they say, get every fucking penny they can from this guy. Oh, God. Like yeah. it's not at hurting least, him. Yeah. At least the guy's got a plan for unemployment. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, I, clearly, one of his first hires was Yang, who told him he to do universal basic income. And Bloomberg's like, oh, "Don't worry, I've got this." <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. I would just like love to be in a room with that guy and be like, "Michael, Michael, I have a great idea that's really going to put you ahead in a lot of states." It's like we're going to put your face on the back of milk cartons. You know, have you seen this presidential candidate? And then it would just be a, a straight up vote winner, and then just be paid untold thousands of US dollars. It would just be so fucking glorious. Have you seen those billboards that he put up in, um, I think it was Texas? Um, was no, it, it Texas? Was it was It was in Nevada. Yeah. And he's got billboards just having a go at Trump, just saying no one in New York likes you, Donald, and all this kind of shit. You, you suck at golf, you know, the yeah. real day-to-day issues that people are... Yeah, are... Donald, Donald Trump cheats at golf, yeah. like Bloomberg doesn't or something like that. It's like as if anyone gives a fuck. As if that's the worst thing about Donald Trump. He cheats at golf. Well, now I can't vote for the fucking prick. You know what I mean? Well, now he's fully on board with everything else he did, but like he cheats at golf. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> like the mi- the migrant death camps, cool. Uh, you know, the the enriching the family, fine, no problem. The tax cuts for people already wealthy. No, that's all great. But the goddamn golf game. Well, I'm out of here. I know, that just opens a window onto, like, Michael Bloomberg's psyche, doesn't it, really? You know what I mean? He's, he's just... Donald Trump is... is He's fine with everything Donald Trump does, but he cheats at golf. So he has to... We need a president that doesn't cheat at golf. That's that's the only thing wrong with America today. <laughs> the fact that I got built, made into a billboard, though, the fact that that actually made it out there, that... I, I've got to say, I'm feeling pretty fucking good about my proposal I made a while back that Bloomberg's, like, people he's hiring are just grifting him. They're just taking every cent they can. And I don't mean, right, I don't mean the, you know, the the good troops from the, you know, uh, Bernie Brigade who are going in undercover to sabotage his operation. I don't mean those guys. I mean, even the consultants at the top, you know, the ones who are going, oh, don't worry, Mike, we're going to go all in on Super Tuesday. That's a winning strategy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't ask how many times it's worked before. Just we're, we're going to go for that. Honestly, they must just be milking this guy dry. Um, with like insane salaries to do shit like not preparing for debate. But I mean, again, going back to what I was saying earlier, that's probably that's just standard practice for billionaires. Do you know what I mean? Like a, a large part of why they're surrounded by like so many like people who praise them constantly is because all those people want money from them. Do you know what I mean? I mean, have you ever seen like the sort of like just look at like Elon Musk and the kind of sh- stupid yeah. shit he gets up to on the regular? Well, that prick for that prick that owns Twitter, like trying to, what was he sending a, a lock of his hair to someone so they could what? make him an, a, a protective amulet or something like that? I mean, <laughs> right, Jack what? is 
Yeah, the guy who runs Twitter, Jack, and uh, hello, Jack, if you hear of this at any point, um, please <laughs> yeah. don't ban me. Um, or actually do ban me, your site's a hell site. Anyway, like, he's a straight <laughs> up fucking Nazi fascist and is totally into all this mystical fucking bullshit. So it does not surprise me that he's sending locks of his hair to people for protective amulets. But I've got to say, if we had to pick a billionaire to run, right, I would actually pick Elon Musk. Because I think it would produce he is the funniest so content. Fucking unearthly, though. Like he is completely, he is so desperately weird. Oh, As yeah, opposed no. to fucking terminal earthling Mike Bloomberg. <laughs> well, well, see, this is Elon, the thing. Elon like, Musk. Elon Musk's like if Krusty the Clown went to business school. <laughs> Not far. Not yeah. Do you I know what I mean? Though, just like oh, we've built this. We've built this new like fucking like super truck, and it's got like indestructible windows, and people just like pelt it with rocks, and it like fucking like the whole thing just shatters into a million different pieces and like collapses into dust. Well, he just stands there with a shit-eating grin on his face because he like you know what I mean. The people, the people he pays like a fortune to stand around and tell him his all his ideas are brilliant. Assured him that like that that wouldn't happen this time. Yeah, you know? then Elon These Musk Tesla's the all very, catch. Elon Musk at the very fucking least, at least uh, you know, builds electric cars. I mean, they're pretty rubbish, and he's a crap guy. But you know, we do need electric cars. Whereas literally nobody on earth needs a Bloomberg terminal except if you're already a cunt. I mean, Tesla cars. <laughs> Tesla cars are basically an elaborate scheme to cook hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> they're like microwave ovens and one day they're all going to go ping on the highway didn't Man. someone crash one this week because they, they were letting it drive themselves that happens on yeah. the week I think they were they were playing one of the one of the inboard like onboard games that it like that it has <laughs> while the car drove itself into a fucking ravine or something. They, they clicked on start Need for Speed and the car took it very literally. <laughs> so they were they were they were like racking up a high score on on Doom Eternal and someone painted a tunnel on a on a wall and the car drove straight into it. <laughs> I see they're getting creative with their strategies to get Bernie then. <laughs> oh, what about hats? Anyone want a hat? Yeah, this was this was today's thing. Um, Jesus Christ, he this is, and I genuinely thought it was like a, a a joke at first that he just put these that that it was just you know a Twitter gag essentially. Um, but he put out a new hat, like he wants to obviously compete with Trump on with the the, the red MAGA hats. So he put out like a a bluish one. That says in big letters on the front, not a socialist. And then on the back, it says, bring in the boss. And it's just, you know. If on you the front, buy- it says, I haven't done any reading. On the back, it says, now please tell me where is the manager. <laughs> like, it's, you know, there's something about blue hats in American politics being cursed. Because Hillary Clinton had the one saying America is already great, yes. right? And now we've got this one saying, bring in the boss. Name me a single fucking American who wants their boss to show up. Name me a single one who's on their job and going, do you know what would make the situation five times better if my boss walked in? What if my boss was here? Yeah, it's just unbelievable. If If you buy and wear that hat and you're not an actual boss or a CEO, it's just like... I am a little piggy and I just want to be hurt. Like, if that's your thing, if you get off on that, that's great. But that's like the only reasonable reason you would ever have for for, um, for, bear, for wearing it. I mean, pe- people are going to buy those ironically just so they can wear them backwards when we finally man the guillotine. 
<laughs> and that Hillary Clinton hat with America is already great is just one of the the dumbest fucking moves anyone's ever pulled. Because, it's right. it, because who the fuck believes America is already great? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the, 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 the thing about America is, you, do you know what I mean? No one thinks it's good there. Well, except, do you know what I mean? Except every, the Michael every single because for them, if you have a shit on the money, America's amazing. But, yeah, well, I, well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm talking about actual people. <laughs> but like, you know, every, everyone there has some like grand complaint about the country, whether it's like a realistic one that it's basically just a fucking, it's not a real country, you know, it's a church, <laughs> a church day trip that got well out of hand. Have you been to America, Jamie? Have you ever been? No. I've been several times. I've I'm, got I'm an American fiance, and that comment is truer than you could ever fucking imagine. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, man. Excuse me, but uh, do you know, I, I go to America regularly, and I do get asked by Americans, like, what do you think of America? And I always pause and I say diplomatically, I like Americans, but I don't like America. And then they usually go, oh, why is that? And I'm like, oh, it seems like a really good country to be a rich person in. And then they all go, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And then complain for like half an hour. And like the complaints are wild, but fuck me. It really, like the number of American kind of fundamentalist crazies I've met whilst over there who just appear from the woodwork. It really is. Yeah, church day trip has got out of hand. That is so fucking good. We should sell hats with that on it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and also, just to get back to the Michael Bloomberg hat, he's selling them for seventeen dollars and seventy six cents. Of course he is. Yes. Of course he fucking is. Yes. Like, oh, I can just see he's like picture the scene. Imagine like a white office, and you know it's white, not just because of the people working there, but because of just the furnishings. <laughs> it's and because they're their, all wearing got... clan robes to the office. <laughs> and they're all sitting there. We've got their shiny MacBooks and all the other swag. And there's a big whiteboard on one end, a digital whiteboard, no less. And they're going, <laughs> so we really need to kind of mind map our, our merchandise approach for this campaign. And like, one of them's like, how about a hat? A hat? Yeah, good. Speak on it. Let's hear more. Um, okay, a yes hat. Yes, and. Yes, oh. and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hat that says, uh, not a socialist. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. Yeah. A way to synergize our brand to have a, dis a distinction to Bernie Sanders. Excellent. Oh, but we can have something on the back. Yeah, yeah, no, keep going. Um, what we need, what, what can we, something about Mike, something that, that makes it specific about him. Because not a socialist, I mean, what, what do people Trump know about Mike? What do people know about Mike? What do they associate him with? Yeah, what do people think about our boss? He's a boss. Yeah, shit. Bring in the boss. Yeah, no, it's great. Excellent. Now we need a price. Uh, uh, well, what do we what do we charge? I mean, look, we could give the fucking things away. He's that rich. We just, you know what? The, the, the number isn't important. What's important is, it, like, we don't need to pay for it. We just need something, something that speaks to the American spirit. I don't know. Um, um, 1488? Yeah. No, no, no. Not that spirit. Not that spirit. <laughs> Honestly shocked it wasn't fucking full twenty dollars and sixty nine cents. No, I, I mean, Christ Almighty, that that's uh, that would be if they were actually trying. I think, like, if, well, if, if he sold it for eight dollars eighty cents, that would be a thing. I still, I still think it's just great to to sell a hat with not a socialist on it. It's it's very my not involved in human trafficking shirt. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I just does. think it's really good for all these people to have things that you know they've already got something to wear to their show trials, which is good. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it, it is good to know that with all this merchandise, he's really locking up the little St. James vote. That caucus is going to be a slam dunk for him. It is just the modern version of a dunce cap, but you buy it for yourself. It's an amazing artifact. Like, just, I, I just want to wear it around and see, you know, how many people throw garbage at me. Like, I honestly wanted, back when they were a thing, I did want a controls and immigration mug from Labour, but I refused <laughs> his pay. Like, you know, you don't want to give them your money. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, you got to find so, it, like, in a, in a charity shop or something. Well, you know what? I suspect that, like, six years from now, when this is all the dust of history, there's going to be a whole bunch of people in the third world wearing Bloomberg 2020 shirts. Was it you that put that brick through Angela Eagle's office window that time? You were looking for the mugs. I did. Look, I mean, what happened is I got the mug, I realised how shit it was, and it wasn't a brick that went through the window. <laughs> but what I will say, what really makes me very happy about all this shit with Bloomberg is that despite this in absurd, obscene amount of money he's spending, he's not getting real traction. Like, it does turn out that you can't quite buy your way to the American presidency yet. Like, that's, I do think that's a heartening sign in a very perverse way. Well, I mean, you, you, you say can, that. You can buy your way to the presidency, absolutely, but you've got to at least pretend like that's not what you're doing. Well, I mean, you've like, got to have like, some kind of base to start with. Like, here's the thing. I don't know, like, we actually don't quite know what the outcome of this is going to be yet because it's not been done before and it's still like, you know, it's a pure chaos election because he has got a bump in the polls and until Super Tuesday hits, we're really not going to know how this is going to play out. Yeah, that's true. And it's it's not looking like brilliant for him, but there is like one or two states where he's actually polling not terrible numbers. Um the thing like, is, if he'd start if he'd started spending money a year or two ago, he'd be indistinguishable from any other candidate at this point. Yeah, I mean, like if he'd done a Tom Steyer, for example, he'd be in a much stronger position. Well, okay, yeah, because probably Tom not Steyer much stronger. Such a powerful but, position. But like you know, he'd be in a more like a more predictable position. Whereas what he's done is he's not just flooded America with more money than has ever been spent in all the preceding elections you know, prior combined. He's not just flooded the airwaves with that, but he's also gone all in on Super Tuesday. And that's just not been done. And honestly, the the, the jury is out until we see how it plays. Though, it, I, I don't know, if, if the debates do mean anything at all, then he should be a smoking fucking crater by now. Well, I mean, um, since the debate, his polling numbers ev- everywhere have decreased significantly. Or at least his I mean, rise has been completely stalled. I saw someone um, putting forward a theory that he's, he's only running as a candidate because he wants to run attack ads and on Bernie and, and stop Bernie from getting anywhere. And if he, oh, yeah. if he does that as a civilian, there's limits on how much he's allowed to spend. But if he does that as a candidate, he can fill his boots. Nah, see, that's not really strictly true because he could donate it all to a super PAC and then the super PAC could do attack ads on Bernie and be much more like, you know it would be much more deniable. Like, America doesn't really have limits on spending anymore. It's just not a thing. Ever since the Citizens United decision that the Supreme Court made, you can just flood as much money as you want. So, no, he does, like, he is in it for ego aggrandizement reasons, but he is also explicitly in it to stop Bernie. And also Warren, he's on record as, like, you know, the one thing, the only thing that Warren, you can vaguely take her word at, is she does actually want to fuck all the Wall Street girls. 
she does actually want to do that. She won't do it to the same degree that Bernie will, but she does. That's the one semi-left, not even left, but like, you know, liberal area where she's totally honest. And that scares the shit out of people like Bloomberg who make their money from Wall Street. Should we talk about Bernie's support for Idi Amin? Yeah, 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 we should. I mean, because we all look, who doesn't love Idi Amin? You know, like, I, I think you're just being disingenuous if you don't love um, Idi Amin. Now, it, this is one of the things that, that um, he, on social media, Sanders said something in an interview a few days ago where he said, look, um, you know, there's stuff wrong with Cuba, but he, he did do amazing with literature and health and, you know, that there are genuine positive outcomes for, for the Cubans um, in the for, for the Cuban people, which is just simply true. Um, and then Michael Bloomberg, of course, went with that and just said, um, created a hashtag Bernie on despots thing. Sure, Idi Amin ate people, but let's not forget he was responsible for impressive growth in the agricultural sector. <laughs> oh, yeah, didn't he, have, didn't he have to delete chance. it all because people reported him to some sort of electoral commission or something? Whatever the American equivalent of that is. No, they just the Texas electoral rangers. No, he got they, they, the whole thing got completely dragged, and that's why they ended up um, having to, to to get rid of it. All right, it wasn't a bunch of men in big hats like coming through his office on horseback, firing six guns. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, after he got completely dragged, they actually had to post a quasi apology where they said, "To be clear, all of these are satire." <laughs> It's just like it's <laughs> this shit post in defense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. Like I don't know. I sometimes think that the person running the Bloomberg uh, Twitter account is very much like again in just trying to do the worst job possible while being plausible, plausibly denying that they're intentionally doing a bad job. Yeah, but then he hired um, one of the like very senior original team guys from Twitter away from uh, the company to run his social media account. You know, like you would at least suspect that one of the guys doing communication for the communication company um, would work. You know, so I mean, you're not. You must not be on Twitter, Rob, because that yeah. presumes that the people running Twitter have any fucking understanding about what people actually like about it. Twitter is an absolute fucking circus run by idiots. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Actually, it is one of the reasons why I enjoy using it. So, what's next? What's 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 coming up? What's coming up? What have we got to look forward to? All right. So, what we've got uh, to look forward to is first uh, this Saturday. Um, it is the South Carolina primary. Um, which will be interesting because Biden does lead there by a pretty significant margin, uh, 29 to 21 for Sanders. But there's been a lot of movement in the last few days. I think Bernie's going to get it by like 1% maybe. I think he's not going to get it by 1%, but I do think it's going to be very, very close. Um, and then part one of the reason, I mean, it's kind of difficult because you look at the polling and uh, like, it's a state like that. It's just it doesn't get that much polling overall. Um, I want, and the other the other reason is is the polling doesn't tend to get older black voters, um, so they are statistically sort of under un, undervalued, and they do tend to come out in a big way. And that's why I do think it's going to go to Biden because older black voters in the South are loyal to sort of the um, the Clinton dynasty, the the Obama thing, and that all essentially goes into Biden and and not to Bernie. 
See, I don't know about this because I I think the trend of this election and the theory around which Bernie built his campaign was the idea that there's a whole bunch of people who want to vote for his shit. They just need permission. Yeah. And I think Nevada has given permission. Um, I don't know. Like, I think it will be close. I, I think Bernie might just be able to do it, especially given how fired up his activist base is and how utterly demoralized uh, Biden's base are at this point. So, yeah, that's true. I don't know. We'll see. No, but I do think you're right in that. Like, um, and, and obviously what the Biden, what the, the Bernie campaign has been doing, which is has been making the difference in every single one of these elections, uh, primary elections so far, is the ground game. You know, they have hundreds of enthusiastic volunteers, door knocking. Um, I saw some stats uh, a couple of days ago that they'd set themselves like a weak target of knocking on uh, 10,000 doors or something. And like on the same day, they'd already knocked on 15,000. So you don't know. Fuck, I didn't know they had Jess Phillips on his campaign team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a deep cut. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's... I, I think it's possible, but I just, you know, I, I think for, for various sort of structural reasons, I I do think Biden is going to make it, but like by a very small majority, much smaller than, than uh, people were expecting. Well, if Bernie gets it, then I think he's unstoppable, like unfucking stoppable at that point. Um, if Biden gets it, hmm, I don't know. Biden probably gets a shot in the arm going into Super Tuesday. But I don't know. It depends how it plays down ticket. Well, and also, yeah. if he gets it, you know that the one thing you'll hear on CNN and NBC and MSNBC and The Guardian and everywhere is, you know, Biden is it's Biden comeback time. You know, like that will be the plug message for three days straight into Super Tuesday. Mm. Well, Super Tuesday itself is going to be really fucking fascinating. Because we have like a bunch of uh, average polls on where everyone currently sits, and Bernie is undeniably the winner. Yeah. Um, Sorry, should we briefly explain what Super Tuesday is for the people who don't know what it is? Because not... yeah, go on. We did it last time, but we might as well do it again. Uh, yeah. So essentially, Super Tuesday is where I think it's fourteen states uh, all host their primaries at the same time. I don't think any of them are caucuses, so we just get straight up uh, results, which is very good news. Um, and essentially Super Tuesday, because of some of the states that are in play, um, there's a huge amount of, of delegates uh, that you need to, to win the primary are essentially up for grabs on Super Tuesday. So, and, and it's a hugely spread out all across the United States. So it's a really interesting test to see if you can play nationwide and where and to what extent. Yeah. And uh, at present, Bernie is looking like he's going to crush a few states, um, and he's ahead in quite a few of them. Like, shall I go down the list? Do. Yeah. Okay, California. Bernie is currently up by 13 and a half points over the next person behind him. Yes. Yeah, which is amazing. So that, there is yeah, a... that is a huge... Yeah. I was going to say, that is a huge state, and the delegates have come out of it. It's quite a lot. So that's that's very fucking promising. Yeah. Texas. Sorry, just to briefly is, stay on California, oh, there on. is a, a, a chance. I don't think it's a big one, but it, it, there is a chance that um, in California, you, if if you have less than fifteen percent of the votes, you you don't get any delegates. So like you're just essentially out of the game. And there is a chance that if Bernie does well enough, none of the other candidates will reach the fifteen percent threshold because they will all cannibalize <laughs> each other, and then he just walks away with four hundred and fifty. 50 plus delegates that would be insane like i don't Man, i don't it, think it's going to happen but that is possible it would be highly ironic 
if the result of this fucking um you know looney tunes like drag race style um you know get you know catch that pigeon kind of capers that are going on is the result of all of these candidates fucking crash into each other um you know spilling out across the road clown car style and bernie just coolly drives on straight through the wreckage picks up all the delegates i i do think that that is possible actually well, we'll see. He's ahead in Texas by 1.5, which is insane. Yes. Um, that, to me, suggests that there's a very good chance, if Bernie is the nominee, that he might actually get Texas in the general. Well, because actual, we've, like, we've you know, seen football. now in Nevada that he can actually, that he has, he, he pulled, what was it, near more than 50% of the Latina vote in, in Nevada? Yeah. So there's definitely, yeah. a, you know, he he's able to reach those communities that nobody else is, is going to be able to do. And uh, like that, that alone, um, you know, that bones really, really fucking well. I don't know. We'll see whether he actually takes it on the day. But the the you know the the odds are good at this present. Similarly, um, North Carolina, he's ahead by one point three. Which, if you'd said to me, um, you know, Bernie Sanders, if you said to me a year ago, Bernie Sanders is going to do well in North Carolina, he's going to win it. I'd have been like, I don't know, the Carolinas, they're. Mm, they're a bit dodgy because South Carolina, it seems like it's more Biden territory. North Carolina could go a few different ways, but I don't know. I don't think they're going to go socialist. But nevertheless, he's eking, not just is he ahead, but he's he's eking, you know, quite a, a, an impressive little lead there. Well, and admittedly, it's only 1.3, but given where he started, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this is uh, this is pretty, pretty insane times. Well, all the trends uh, are ridiculous. I mean, yeah. Let, more disappointing is Minnesota, where apparently, weirdly, uh, Klobuchar is up by six. Well, she's that's she's the senator from Minnesota, so that makes a lot of sense. No, that's her home it, take. It, I, well, you say that, but if we look at Massachusetts, which is Warren's state, <laughs> Bernie's up by one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Although if you'd I, said to me... Sorry. No, no, on. please go ahead. I was, that's the thing. If you'd said to me, like, okay, one of the two senators is going to do pretty poorly in their home state, I would have said it would have been Klobuchar. Like, I thought if ever there's someone going to be outstripped from outside, I didn't think it would be Warren. And yet here we fucking are. So I don't know what it is about Klobuchar's performance that means she's held on to six. Um, even then, though, like, ahead by six in your home state is not Yeah, it's not much, because Bernie in, in Vermont, which is his home state, is ahead, is ahead well, by 38 points, which is just a terrifying lead. Yeah, thirty-eight percent is insane. Like, uh, it, it makes you wonder. 38—that's 38, his lead. Like, what are the percentages of the, the lower down ones? I don't actually know, but well, I mean, um, I, I just—I just saw, um, I just read while we were re- recording this that um, the Sanders campaign on Monday, so the day before Super Tuesday, uh, he has now scheduled rallies in Massachusetts, i.e., uh, Elizabeth Warren's home state, because he's up there by one as well, and he's added uh, another campaign rally in Minnesota now. <laughs> That's fucking tanks on the lawn. That's kind of very stuff, tanks. And like, for me, it, it, his campaign really does seem to know what they're doing. And if they're putting mm. the most valuable thing they have, which is their candidates' physical presence and time in Massachusetts and in Minnesota, that must mean they, A, think that the other states are very good and that they are actually in real play uh, in the home states of his other candidates. So it does look Man. to me... Like they're going for just a complete fucking wipeout. Man, and I beheld a pale horse 
Yes. And he that sat on him said, let me be clear. Uh, <laughs> fucking hell. Um, he's doing, he, I've got to say, I'm horny on main tonight because Bernie is up by nine in main. Um, <laughs> I know it's a terrible joke, but still. It's um, and Yeah, and thanks to Magic Underpants in Utah, he's up by 13. Yeah, which massive is, uh, underpants time in, in, in Utah, which is very cool. That's That's... I mean, it looks really good. And it's also because in some of the other states, so Arkansas, Bloomberg is had by one, Oklahoma, um, Bloomberg's up by three and a half. And for me, it's like Bloomberg is going to keep fucking dying on his ass for the next few days. So whether or not those small leads hold and where it goes from there, you know, like fucking Pete can win Oklahoma as far as I'm concerned. That's fine by me. Like I'm gonna be honest, like if you if you ask me which state of all of them will vote for the worst candidate, I'd have said Oklahoma. Place is garbage, um, <laughs> from like top to bottom. I don't know anyone. I know I know I have actually quite a few friends who've all escaped Oklahoma, and the stories they have are like fucking you know escape from Camp Thirteen North Korean kind of levels of grin. Um, and remember, listeners, I'm from Glasgow, so when it comes to like escaping <laughs> grim places, like uh, fucking hell. It, it is. I mean, there's a the thing. Well, like Bloomberg has got a lead in two states off of nothing but money and ad buy, so that is scary. Admittedly, it's fucking you know um, Arkansas and Oklahoma, but still, he shouldn't have any. Well, I mean, he really he, shouldn't. He shouldn't, but he's going to get like three delegates between those two states because uh, you know, apart from uh, uh, fracking people. And some some old people and three farmers like nobody fucking lives there anymore. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they've all been escaping it. Uh fuck. So yeah, no, Super Tuesday is looking really good for Bernie. Um, We're I don't have it. I don't have the other stats for the rest of them, but no, this is he all does the seem to be mopping up. Oh, is it? Sorry, I yeah, thought there yeah, were yeah, a couple like more. Yeah, there's like thirteen no. or fourteen on Super Tuesday. Cool. Well, I mean, the downside so, of it is there's so many states still to come that if it if Bernie doesn't like just wipe the floor, we can look forward to another endless couple of months of state by state, poll after poll, and you know. If- I think I think no matter what happens, we're going to get that as well because the the libs just will not fucking let this rest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he also he needs he needs not just a plurality but a majority going into convention. So he really does have to absolutely fucking wipe out the states on Super Tuesday. Yeah. Like if that California possibility comes through, then that that fucking helps big time with that. Yeah, um, I mean, he's, he's essentially a quarter of the way there. If 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 there's you know, but that's a California fantasy. If that comes true, that would be just genuinely amazing. If he did it in California, um, the media like like we think we've had a media meltdown so far. Oh, I think yeah. Chris Matthews would have a heart attack. No, I think Chris Matthews would just stand silently up, you know, turn to his co-host, say, It's been an honor, shake their hands, <laughs> walk to the nearest min- window and hurl himself out into the street. <laughs> like uh that that's the level of, you know, just complete meltdown if he pulled that out in California. If he, honestly, if he does it, they should rename it Cali the Destroyer because holy yeah. shit. I mean, it would uh, be genuinely amazing to see Chris Matthews just do a Bud Dwyer. That would just be great. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> he did it all for ratings. Gave his life <laughs> for ratings. <laughs> uh, so, solid campaign. Doing really well. Ascendant. 
Yeah, sorry, Properly, just a quick, like, quick uh, you, you update can't... on the California fantasy. Uh, latest poll today has Sanders at 34 and Warren at 13 and then everybody else below it. So it is possible that he completely wipes the, wipes the field in California. Did you just shit all over my segue so that you could give us a polling update? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in his defence, that's a pretty fucking good polling that's, update. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Sorry, do you want to do your do you want to do your seg you again <laughs> <laughs> no do you know what? I don't fucking think I will I'm just going to go right into it without even trying now alright go for it oh right going to get three words in and then Rob's going to start talking about wine gums or something wine cake <laughs> wine cake please oh right so my point was going to be there this has been a really really good campaign it's still ascendant things are you know Nothing's really fucking stopped this shit. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed, yeah. But we obviously, um, we're a few months ahead of one potential outcome of a campaign um, after the general election. And we've seen things go to complete shit um, with Corbyn and uh, Labour in general um, and the fucking country in general, really. So what I wanted to do was I wanted us to take a wee look at the campaigns, both not. It's, this is hard to separate out because you can't really compare Burnley running for pre, uh, Burnley running for the primary, even though I mean president, to the entire like five years of Corbyn being in power, like effectively, because the time differentials a big fucking thing. But there's quite a few lessons that we can't re- well, we can't fucking learn them now because well we, we can learn them but we can't fucking put them into place um in any real good way because our moment's passed um for that particular ship but there are things in there that i think are pretty salient so um bernie faces the same kind of problem that corbyn did um during the, ele- during the election and in general which is a hostile fucking media i don't I, i'm trying to think what, what's a worse term than terminal for brain worms because it's fucking um, bad. At that point, it's not so much that we've got terminal brain worms cool. as the brain worms have hollowed out the corpse and are wearing the skin. Yeah, they're just yeah. They've taken it over. They're, you're like you've become uh, a megazord, but piloted by brain worms. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and, and the same things. You know, it's a problem over here. Obviously, I mean, slightly different in some ways. In that, you know, it's two different parties as opposed to one party etc but either way the point stands it's a hostile fucking media um, and it's just smears and smears and smears and fucking the weirdest fucking attack lines like you've had all this shit with Bernie on the Castro stuff mm-hmm. and that was quite easily rebuffed yeah he just Whereas, needed to say Obama said this stuff too and then yeah. they all had to sit down because I mean you can't contradict the god emperor can you <laughs> exactly really easily rebuffed because they just they knew what to point at they went nope look at that and then that was it but then if you think back I'm trying to think of something similar for the, like a Corbyn example um, remember when Corbyn was a Czech spy yes he was a yeah oh god I'd almost forgotten that it, <laughs> yeah, how could you forget it was one of the better ones <laughs> yeah that was that was a good week <laughs> but that, that's my point though that was a good week like that was a fucking week of that shit that we had to deal with because we, we it, the 
the people in charge in the Labour Party didn't fucking just hit the right buttons at the right time. They they just went, I'm just leave it, it's stupid. But they gave it oxygen by doing that. Um, another example, and I'm, I'm still kind of loath to even talk about it, but is anti-Semitism. Yeah. So well, typical Labour not wanting to talk about anti-Semitism. Yeah, trying to sweep yeah. it under the rug again. The Bernie campaign did a really fucking good job of quashing any accusations of anti-Semitism on Bernie's part compared to the complete silence on the issue that we had initially from Labour on it. Yeah. Well, I think, like, one of it, you know, it's, it's... So this is one of the areas where you can't really do a length-length comparison for the simple reason that yeah. Bernie is Jewish and he literally lost family in the Holocaust. That makes it kind of hard. But still triangle, because I, um, I sat up to watch the debate last night in South Carolina, which was a shit show. And they did actually try the Bernie, why aren't you a good Jew question on him. Like, literally, they asked him Christ. about his... Yeah, they, they asked him about his support for Israel. And they were truly, you know, they were trying to to have a go. But Bernie, um, Bernie knocked out the park. He um he basically he had a prepared line. It was a very good prepared line. And his prepared line was I basically I support Israel. America should defend Israel, but we have a problem in that the leader of Israel right now is a racist asshole named blah 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 blah. And he kind of he, he went into it. And by making it about, you know, his problem with Israel is the leadership of Israel rather than the, the nation state of Israel itself, he mm-hmm. completely and utterly dodged it. And then he brought it around again saying, and listen, I feel we have to protect Israel. We have to do what's required to defend Israel. But part of that is we have to look out for the Palestinians. You know, he's, he, he managed yeah, yeah. to do it and had a cohesive line. But, to, um, you know, not to be too cynical, but it's also much harder to smear a guy on anti-Semitism when half his family died in the Holocaust. You know, yeah. like, it's much yeah. harder to make that shit stick. Not that they didn't try, but... I think with, I think, so, you know, it's always easy to kind of say this stuff in hindsight, but I think one of the the problems we faced um, as the left in Britain is that we had an imperfect vehicle going for the Westminster seats by way of Labour. You know, I'm in the Scottish Greens, I'm up here in Scotland, so it's all a bit removed from me, but even at a distance, I can sort of see that if you're on the left, then a Corbyn premiership was the best thing we could hope for in the the circumstances. And... um, what kind of done him in, I think, was the fact that in the beginning, when they first started the anti-Semitism shit, which was way back before the 2017 election, oh yeah, um, his office was at war with itself because it was partly held by the melts. Like the party yeah. communications apparatus was held by them. And I think that's why there was a deafening silence more than anything. Yeah, I, 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 I will come on to that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sorry. Because um, that's, um, that's, that's a big fucking problem with it. Um one of the issues I think that we faced in in Labour with the the anti-Semitism side of it was, like I said, that kind of initial silence when it started to gain traction, just like a kind of dismissive, oh, we dealt with this a couple of years ago, like we're not anti-Semitic, like that's just silly. And didn't really offer any sort of like proper strong message on it um, and allowed it to be fucking weasel-worded and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, um, and, and they allowed themselves to get like dragged into the, the 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 detail and the substance of it which is like you know the 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 i what is it the 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 the, the definition of anti-semitism and you know yeah. should be a comma here and there whether he's just, they should just point blank if there's anybody we'll fucking cane them out but there's not who we are and just like just ended the debate right there you know just like not yeah engage it, it, it once you engage with it at any level 
especially given how it was being treated that that you know <laughs> yeah i mean yeah but like the the silence initially like allowed there was a vacuum of response yes and the people who occupied that vacuum quickest were like some of the last fucking people that you wanted to do it like um chris williamson who is a guy who has absolutely fucking chronic foot and mouth yeah. And God fucking help us, Ken see, Livingston. Yeah, see, here's the thing. I don't... My read on that isn't that there was this vacuum that others stepped into. I think no matter what happened, there was going to be... Like, there'd be people popping up who would be, you know, parlayed by the media as, like, you know, the oh, people yeah. they want to point yeah, to. Yeah, they would, they, would it, always, they would always find, like, a dissenting voice that would back up their point, but then if there hadn't been that silence, if there hadn't been that vacuum for them to fully occupy, there would be a handy line to just point to and say, no, this is our line. This person is a crackpot. Get them out the road. We'll yeah. do that right now. Like, And it would have been a perfect example there and then. Like, oh, no, look, we're dealing with this right now. But it looked as if it was it was a reactive, or oh, we'll deal with this just now then because you've pointed it out. That's what I mean. Like, They occupied the vacuum and created that situation by doing so. Um but it's- as I was kind of saying, though, I think the reason it ended up like this is because of the internal structure of the Labour Party. Like, I think it's because the melts were there. And because, oh, yes. Like, yeah. here's the thing. Like, if we want to boil it down to a really simple, overly reductive answer as to why Bernie's doing well when Corbyn didn't, I think it's because Corbyn is nicer than Bernie when it comes to people he... Yes. When it comes to people who sh- he should be saying, these are my enemies, I will fight them to the bitter end, you know, Corbyn's much more the kind of person who'd like to try and, you know, come to some kind of reconciliation, kind of have some mediation. Like, he's he's a gentle man, you know. Yeah. And which, that, which in so many problem, ways speaks for him, but... It does. Like, I, here's the thing. It's heartbreaking because you need a fighter. You need someone yeah. who can say, these are class enemies. Yeah, and I will treat them like class enemies. And willing, and, and absolutely, just more than willing to just fucking clean house. That once yeah. you get into power, you know, to offer a chance to the moderates and and see, you know, like you can always offer them a chance and see if they want to improve. But the moment they just turn out to be, you know, snakes, that it's just time. Yeah, to I mean, well, this is the thing. Clean out. Like you had, yeah, you had the fucking the chicken coup, right? Yeah, twenty sixteen. Yep. Exactly. The chicken coup. A bunch of them, Keir fucking Starmer included, all fucked off with the Shadow Cabinet, one by one, one resignation an hour, all that shit. Total shit show, right when David Cameron had fucking resigned. And rather than, like, you know, the option was there for open selection. The ability to do it was there, and it never got done. Like, sacking Tom Watson was a fucking option. Yeah, and Corbyn personally stepped in to prevent that from happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he should have. He, he should have just cleaned house, you know. Like he. Yeah, for sure. And 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 part it's of the thing that I do admire about him, like, is that sort of niceness. But like, niceness is sometimes bad. And I just do think that, you know, had it been reversed that John McDonald being the leader and Corbyn at the Treasury or something like it, I think McDonald would have just cleaned up. I like. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be a bit cynical here. And say that I think that's a little bit of labour mythologising going on when you're ascribing yeah, no, these kind of I, things I, to John I, I agree with you there. Like, um, 
you know, it's it's good to talk a big game about John McDonald, but everything we've seen is that John and Corbin were in lockstep all yeah. the way through, yeah. and that they agreed on strategy. So I don't think so. I I really don't. Um, I don't think it matters which way you flip it around. I think I think the, I think, I think the problem there is that McDonald, Corbin, Abbott, like they they all spent fucking years sitting on the side, like having mm-hmm. to constantly sop to the centre to try and get anything that they wanted like through to try and have anything done like they had to constantly like come with a little begging plate out like please just make this change to this bill or whatever constantly because they didn't have any fucking power and then suddenly given it all they just couldn't get out of that mindset of well we need to cooperate with the rest of the party even when the rest of the party was frothing melts and slugs yeah I, I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that niceness as a survival strategy when you're in a minority is like a, a behavior which pays dividends but yeah when you then come into position of strength you you need to like you need to be able to see who your enemy is and mm-hmm. i think like Cor- you know corbin did has not been doing to the melts what no didn't do to the melts what bernie has been doing against the democratic party which is straight up mm-hmm. saying these people are my enemy um, I am on your side, not their side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the, the other part of why it's, it's went so differently, I think, is that that last part about being on your side, because in many ways, Bernie has a really obvious way to point out to people, look, I'm for you and it's Medicare for all. Um, whereas there's not as easy a way to signal that in the UK because we already have an NHS. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, like, could have, you could have... You- you could have done the rallying around other things, you know, the um, yeah, but nas- some of the nationalisation be- program. I still think that if he hammered on one thing, um, you know, I think the Brexit thing we've already discussed. <laughs> but if if he just hammered and hammered and hammered on the Green New Deal and said, "Look, this is what can bring jobs back. This can bring prosperity back. It hits climate change. You know, it hits so many of the right areas." And I, the more I look back on the on the Corbyn campaign, I did think that like. There was so much message confusion. Like every day, there was a new yeah. thing, and it, he, it it should have been simpler. It should have just been one or two, you know. Like I don't like him, you know, as you know, but you know, he, Boris did run a very effective campaign in just hammering home, you know, what was it? Nurses, uh, uh, hospitals, police officers, and get Brexit done, and that does work, you know. Whereas Labour seemed to be trying to do a new thing every day. Yeah, and it wasn't even a problem with the policies yet. It was it was a problem with presentation of policies. Like um, the the Green New Deal is a brilliant example. So the Green New Deal was most often touted as the the environmental policy. Yeah, and that was really what it was. It was the env- but it's not the environmental policy. That's the that's the everything policy. That's the fucking catch all right there. That's your, that should get Brexit done as Green New Deal because it's not just about fucking. It's not just about like the environment. It's about creating jobs it's about creating infrastructure it's about fucking yeah. longevity in the economy like it's so many things that it could have been all it's... wrapped into one but it was never messaged as that well here's the thing like i'm speaking very acutely here but you know i'm a scottish green if you put the word green on something it just it, it gets pigeonholed into a particular mental category which is oh yeah. it's some of that but some of that green shit some of that environment shit that's what it is and, um, you know, I sympathise with that problem with, like, the Green New Deal and its messaging because that is the Scottish Green Party's problem as a whole, which is that there's a, there's a much bigger platform here. It actually engages with the fundamental structural things that matter in our life. But 
mentally people just go, oh yeah, green shit, like wind turbines and stuff. Aye, okay. Yeah. And like, like if he had done it as, I don't know what, a new deal for Britain or something like that, mm-hmm. um, maybe you could have got some, some mileage out of that. But I think the discourse has already been set, to be honest. Um, like again, one of the things Bernie Sanders' approach has, has really has worked quite well for is America's in a weird situation where they have this Medicare, there's a thing, and so Bernie just gets to go see that popular thing, that for everyone, Medicare for all, yeah. and that rhetorically on multiple levels is much cleaner and much more concrete than something nebulous like a New Deal. So, yeah. like I, I think you know I've got a lot of sympathy. I think Corbyn got a bit of a raw hand in many ways. Oh, I very, very much. Nice. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think none of us are, are ignorant of the sort of the structural problems and Brexit and the, the 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 framing and all that other stuff. But you know, like we we also have to admit that he didn't have the same campaign or the energy or the structure that they had in two thousand seventeen. Yeah, I, yeah, and I think which is funny because I mean, in two thousand seventeen, the staff were actively acting against them. Well, I think part of the problem there is that. Um, by the time, like, because he didn't clear out the melts, my this is my take on it, and maybe I'm wrong, but my take is that because he didn't clear out the melts, a compromise was forced in the Brexit strategy. And because of that forced Brexit compromise, it undermined, like, you know, really categorically the overall campaign message and, like, the way they're going to, uh, you know, the way they were going to approach the election. Um, because, I mean, you know, we, we've talked around Brexit before, it was lost because of really deep issues to do with losing public trust and the loss of public trust kind of flowed off the back of the, the Brexit decision the Labour Party made to kind of pivot away from it. And then it got compounded by this loose messaging where we were talking about things like, you know, free broadband, which, um, you know, was a great policy. But in, in hindsight, you can see, oh, shit, yeah, if you're in the North, in North England or in any kind of rural area and you hear hey, we're going to ignore your vote on Brexit, but don't worry, we're giving you free broadband. It sounds patronising as fuck. Yeah. And it sounds yeah. like it's really just playing to an entirely different base. Um, so it's like, I guess it, I guess it's fundamentally that. Bernie has very straightforward ways to make a connection and to say, look, I'm fighting for you. These are things that matter to you because America is such a hellscape. Whereas, although like places like Hull are really getting fucked on in truly apocalyptic style um there's no clear solutions by design like the tories have set it up to not have one clear problem you can point to other than the tories themselves but i mean you know what i'm saying here yeah yeah no for sure all i'd like to to say by conclusion of this is if you go by the theory that where america goes the rest of the world goes then what we can hope for is that if Bernie does clutch this, if he does pull it out and we do end up with a Bernie Sanders presidency, yeah, that might be what we need to actually revitalise the left across, yeah. not just Britain, but across Europe and across the broader world. No, I, I completely yeah. agree with you there. I do think that if you show in a country like America where so much attention and culture comes from that basic so, democratic socialist principles are possible i do think that you know there's a huge chance there so for all its doom and gloom i think the, the two lessons are support bernie <laughs> hmm. and uh yeah and do online harassment f- well yeah like be ready to fight pick fights yes. don't compromise and don't you know don't 
try and talk around the idea of like playing down to people's you know petty racisms and all the rest of it you know f- fight for what you actually believe in and either people come on board or they don't but at least then you've got a clean shot at it if you play a kind of rearguard action where you're trying to appease people on the things that they're terrible on then i think you'll you just lose it all but hey that's me all right shall we move on yeah david yeah. have you done okay. self-harm to this week uh, I I have um, been down the mines. I have lovingly, lovingly read some um, <laughs> curated a fine selection. Oh, a, a very fine selection, the finest. Um, <laughs> so yeah, takes. let's supremely right. Let's get started on some comment or commentary. All right. So, how many is it, David? There are five. There are five comment or commentary. Right, one second. Oh no, not again. <laughs> comment. <laughs> are you comment. actually rolling dice this time? Yep. Commentary. <laughs> commentary. <laughs> comment. There we go. I'm really interested in your two-sided dice there. That's good. Uh, so this is, uh, I, I hate to uh, point out to you, <laughs> you, you, you fucking jock, but, uh, uh, you know, as any good nerd knows, you just roll any even dice and then do odds and evens. That's how you do a 1D2. <laughs> uh, look at this guy. He's never played D&D. Ridiculous, isn't it? Okay, nailed. Right. Aye. <laughs> right, okay. Let's do some comment or commentary. So, first one. I am increasingly aware how lucky I am to work as an academic in Tokyo. Japan is like neutral Switzerland in the culture wars, a safe haven where the hostilities raging elsewhere can be observed but avoided. Teachers are treated with respect and trusted to know what's best without constant monitoring from the SJW Thought Police. We are not instructed in what opinions we can express, nor given guidance on the correct use of pronouns. Oh, and there are no gender-neutral bathrooms or safe spaces. After all, everywhere is safe. Comment or commentary? This is someone who moved to Japan for the hentai. <laughs> this... This is... Oh, God. Oh, God. It... Ah. Mm. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say, commentariat. Commentariat. Best guess is unheard because it sounds like that. Mm. I, I mean, the dice said comment. So what is it, David? <laughs> it is commentariat. Ooh. And that was Philip Patrick in the Spectator. All right then. <laughs> yeah. Okay, For a bonus so... round, can we name the kind of hentai he's into? <laughs> <laughs> you can name it, but I'm not going to try and research it. For liable reasons, this section of the podcast has been excised. <laughs> <laughs> I should note this doesn't make it obvious, um, this little excerpt that I've got, um, but this is about Sajid Javid. He was appointed in the first place to soothe the wrecking crew of Remain losers in Parliament. After the resounding election victory of the Leave winners, he became surplus to requirements. Rishi Sunak really believes in Brexit, so it was a good move to Jetson Javid. The odious EU sycophants in the civil service should be cleared out as well. Comment or commentariat? Commentariat. Uh, Anne Widdicombe in the Daily Express. Anne Widdicombe, ooh. The, the dice say comment. I'm sticking by it. Okay, uh, the dice were right. Uh, as a comment, and that came from the BBC News website. Okay. 
Napoleon labelled Britain as a nation of shopkeepers. How right he was, anyone who has run a successful business operation will tell you the customer is always right. With our £66 billion trade deficit with the Europeans, they are playing a very dangerous game by continuing to try to bully us. In business, as in life, the golden rule is to treat others as you would like to be treated. The current presidents of France, Emmanuel Macron, or Little Napoleon as I like to call him, would do well to remember this. Comment or commentariat? Commentariat. <sighs> commentariat. It's too... yeah. The dice said commentariat, I stand it by it. It was commentariat. Ooh. Is it... Is it-, it was- the Daily Telegraph or something? Oh, no, no. Um, the Daily Telegraph button crayon. Um, it's the, <laughs> it was the Express. It was Rupert Lowe in the Express. Who in the Express, sorry? Rupert Lowe. I hadn't heard of him either. No. There's never any room for sensible discussion when it comes to Trump. Using lactic acid simply means those horrid Americans can carry on breeding chickens in unsanitary conditions. When Project Fear was in full swing, we were told that if we voted leave and signed a trade deal with the US, we'd all die of food poisoning. Now the objections have switched to animal welfare. You can't reason with these people. They're so blinded by their hatred of America in general and Trump in particular, that even if every chicken in the US was kept in a five-star hotel room and spoon-fed organic grain from a silver platter, they'd still find something to complain about. Comment or commentariat? Oof, you went to some dark places this week, David. I salute you. Um, I still haven't adjusted to the light. <laughs> uh, I think that's a comment. Jamie? Uh, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go with comment, yeah, why not? Commentary at said the die. Excellent. It was commentary. Damn! Hey! <laughs> Who the and fuck was it's, that? It's forgivable to think it was a comment. That was Richard Littlejohn ah. in the Daily Mail. Okay. <laughs> not a cunt, I am told. <laughs> okay, and for the last one... A strong Home Secretary who gets abuse from the left when they are always banging on about sexism and racism, but apparently that doesn't apply to Miss Patel. Time to get back to a rules and regulations society instead of the selfish, it doesn't apply to me, one of the woke lefties. Time to crack down hard and make life uncomfortable for those doing wrong instead of the resources going to the perpetually offended. Comment or commentariat? Wow. Comment. 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 It was comment, yes. And that was on the BBC News website. Because of course it was. It's the use of a term term lefties. I don't think most, like, I mean, I, I chose it based on the dice, but I don't think most commentary actually use the word lefties in, I in that kind of way. promise you uh, a not insignificant amount of them actually do. Yeah, <laughs> fuck me. Yeah, yeah. You need to go to some of the worst places for it, but yeah. No, no, I've got this good friend of mine called David. He descends into <laughs> the sewer on my behalf. Um, I'm quite happy <laughs> to leave him to his gaff on that. That's uh, That's more than fine. Any sensible person would. Okay, so I think that's us for this week, yeah? That's about wraps so. it up, yeah. 
Yep, so um, it's oh, it's the 26th on day of recording. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll have this out before South Carolina on Saturday the 29th. And then we've got Super Tuesday on March the 3rd to look forward to after that. So let's go fucking Kelly the Destroyer. Yeah, let's let's go. Um, yeah, uh, just harass people online. Uh, I think there is some stuff you can do through the Bernie app, even if you're a dirty foreigner, like text banking or something. Uh, so give that a go if you want. And if you have a US passport, um, you can donate to your heart's content. Yeah, go nuts. Troll your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentations of their commentary. <laughs> Never forget, you can at these people now. Yes, the miracle of Twitter is that we can all drag them down to our level. Pig poop balls for every single one of them but Bernie. <laughs> if you get banned, then do what Jamie does and just get a new account. It works. <laughs> how, many, how many are you on now? How many accounts is it now? Oh, who keeps count? <laughs> Brilliant. Right, we'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Bye. Ta-ra. Cheerio. Bye.